This podcast uses PodPage for its website. You can try PodPage for free at trypodpage.com. If you hate WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, but yet you want a quick, affordable, and easy-to-update website for your podcast, we've talked about PodPage before on episode 18, and today we're going to hear from Brendan Mulligan, who's the creator of PodPage, as we talk about PodPage 2.0. Welcome to Podcasting Resources, helping you find the tools to enable you to impact your audience faster, smarter, and deeper. Our website, podcastingresources.com. Hey, I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting, where I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. And we're going to be talking with Brendan Mulligan, and he is the man behind PodPage. And I just want to let you know, here's another resource. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash learn PodPage, that is a free course that I offer for those that are looking to have a super professional-looking podcast without being a geek. So here's my discussion with Brandon Mulligan. The much-anticipated PodPage 2.0 has been released, so I asked Brandon to come on and kind of give us an update on some of the fun stuff that you added, and you've been uh, been very busy, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And let's just start off with uh, everybody's favorite topic, the monetization tools. So I know in the past you've had guest pages, which are really cool because you can go in and add a guest and then you can add a guest to the episode that they appear on. It's really cool. And that way people can see all the all the guests you've had. You have a guest page and when they click on that, it goes right to the episode. And it looks like you kind of took the same concept and applied it to sponsors. It's been one of those, you know, when you're building a product, you kind of watch how people are hacking it. And one of the common requests has been, oh, can you add you know, this customization area over here? Or can I put m- some images here? And when you actually dig in and I ask people why they wanted it, it was almost always, I've got sponsors, and I need to put their logo on the page. Um, and sponsors is such a core part of podcasting, I feel like, you know, especially once you reach a certain scale, it's such a great way to monetize. And so I thought that it would be helpful to make it uh, a little bit more structured and simple for people. And so, yeah, the the concept was like what pe- a lot of people wanted is on their homepage, they wanted to show their sponsors and on their episode pages, they wanted to show their sponsors and they wanted to have pages on the website that where they listed them. And so we basically, instead of having you have to go right, build, build a bunch of custom content, you can come in and you can just say, okay, um, this is sponsored, this episode sponsored by PodPage um, or my sponsors are PodPage and Libsyn, for example. And you can set up a profile for those sponsors. And then, you know, for an, for an episode, the sponsor by one in the episode page, you go and say, okay, the sponsor for this is pod page. And then automatically you've got the pod page logo on your homepage on that episodes page. And there's a new sponsor page that's created. So it just makes it a little bit easier. It's tailored for that very specific use case for podcasters. Well, I love the fact that it puts all the sponsors on one page. So you can say sponsors and you can see here are all the sponsors, which is another way to drive more traffic to the sponsors, which in theory should, you know, get you more sponsors or for even if you're using affiliate stuff and you're treating them like a sponsor, it's more clicks and things of that nature. So yeah, I thought that was really cool. I love the feature where you say feature this on the homepage and their, their logo shows up at the bottom. I thought that was just a nice touch. So very, very cool. And then we have donation widgets. And I guess when I first saw this, how is this different than adding somebody in the sidebar? So since the beginning of PodPage, you've been able to put your a link to 
um, Patreon or buy me a coffee or any of the different services. And it'll put a, it'll do two things. It'll put the badge in the sidebar that drives people to, to donate. It'll also create you a donation page on your website that has those logos and you can, you can go in and talk about why you take donations, stuff like that. This over, I don't know if they had them at the time, but over the last year, people have made me aware that there are these widgets that at least buy me a coffee and coffee. Is that how you say it? Ko-fi coffee? It's, um, I'm, I'm thinking because it looks like the exact same company that does buy me a coffee has Kofi coffee, whatever. Because it dawned on me the one day, I'm like, oh, I've been calling it Kofi. I think it's actually coffee because yeah. it just looks like the same company with two different business models. Yeah. So, for example, those two company, those two products have a floating widget, sort of like our voicemail widget, where it shows mm-hmm. up in the bottom of your site and floats on top of the whole site, and it's just a little coffee cup, or I forget what the the Kofi one. I think the Kofi one says "support me." Um, and when you click it, it pops up a little module, and you can say, "I want to give three bucks." And so it all it happens on your website. You don't have to bounce over to buy me a coffee. And so, but it's like you can just add those widgets onto your site and they'll show up everywhere as opposed to just being in your sidebar. And so that's, that's the big difference. The other one there is supercast, which we've always, you've always been able to put a badge to your supercast page, which takes you to supercast and you can, you can subscribe to one of the plans. Um, but supercast released uh, widgets you can actually put on your website. So now when you, if you want to, you can add your supercast plan IDs into pod page and on your membership page in the, on your website, it'll actually show your plans um, side by side or however many plans you have. Very cool. Yeah. And then kind of the, the grandpa of uh, monetization, good old Google AdSense is uh, now supported. Is is that as simple as just copying something from Google and pasting it in? Yeah. So I've been, I hate display ads on websites. Um, mm. I've been very against them forever. And so it's hard for me to add this feature, but it is thousands of podcasters later and many, many people wanting it. It's not my website, it's their websites. And so um, one of the reasons I was always hesitant to add any kind of display ads is because of all the configurations of all the places the display ads could go. And it's just, it would feel like one of those features that would just end up opening the Pandora's box for, oh, I want a display ad of this size and this part of the corner, you know, and this part of the page. And so uh, Google did something that I don't know how effective it is. You'll have to, we'll have to ask the actual podcasters, but they released um, this universal AdSense tag where you get a publisher ID. You put that in some on your, on your website in some code, and Google will analyze the page and figure out where ads should go. So they'll know that this thing is a sidebar. They'll know this is like the blog post content, and they'll put an ad of the right size in the various places, and they'll put the right type of ad. Or that's the promise of it. So the cool thing is, I was able to do a little bit of editing to help Google learn what the page is, like what sections of the page are. And because every pod page has, you know, very similar, the HTML is all fairly structured. As Google learns one of the pages that is on, is on the platform, it'll actually be learning a lot. It'll, it'll make it easier for everyone. So we'll see. Uh, it was a beta release I did probably a month and a half ago, two months ago, and some people generally liked it. I've seen the ads on some of the pages and they're not too offensive. So we'll see. <laughs> um, but we try to make it easy. You know, you don't have to go in and figure out where to put all the ads. You just get a publisher ID from Google. You add it, and it takes Google a few hours to start serving ads. But um, depending on the amount of traffic you get, so interesting. 
And then uh, we're on to listener tools. And so when PodPage first kind of came out, you had a cool little pop-up window you could have for email lists. And you could download that list and import it into whoever. And uh, you could have it, again, easily in your sidebar and things like that. So now it looks like you have some incentives. So explain kind of where we are now with email. I spent a while looking into if I wanted to build a newsletter service so we could actually help you send the emails. At this point, the answer is it would be a giant distraction. I want Podpage to be the best website platform for podcasters. And I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of building competitor to MailChimp or ConvertKit. Those companies do it really well. But at the same time, like I don't want someone to have to sign up for Podpage and then have to go sign up for one of the services to be able to start collecting emails. Because the minute you can have a website, you start collecting emails. So that's the area that I want Podpage to be really good at is make it really, really easy for you to start collecting the email addresses. Up to this point, we've done that well. I think originally we just collected email addresses. It might have been you who inspired us to add the first name. So you, could, you were collecting an email address and a first name. Um, and then you can export those into MailerLite or MailChimp or wherever you do it. The, the thing we added recently was a lot of people wanted to be able to incentivize people to sign up, not just sign up for my email address, but like looking at the book in the background, you know, sign up for my email address and I'll give you a discount for profit for my podcast, my latest book. And, or I'll, I'll send you the first chapter in PDF. And so that's what we added was basically you can go and you can say, once someone signs up, please confirm their email address, which we never did before. And when you confirm their email address, if once they confirm, let them download a thing. And so we'll see how people use it. Should be, but it's fairly standard, I feel like, for most email service providers to let people do this. And so that was just a missing piece for us when we wanted to, to add that. Well, and it also cut down on just fake emails. People, robots, for whatever reason, see an email thing and they're just... This has been a, a problem with our email list. It's been a problem with contact forms. Like, if you're going to put a form on your website that people can fill out, you're going to get spam. We have reCAPTCHA and we have some different light spam tools, but people always say like, oh, why? I'm getting too much spam. And it's like, well, I'm not Gmail. I can't, I don't have a huge algorithm to filter out the spam. If you have a public form for people to email you, you're going to get spam. It's like if you put your email address on your website, you're going to get spam. So the confirmation step for the email list is a helpful piece because at least you know, like, all right, I got... 100 people signed up, 80 people confirmed the email. So I just won't even import the other 20 people in. That's it. Yeah. And if you don't want spam, then you either A, make it so hard to contact you, you then introduce that problem of like, I'm not getting any feedback. Well, you've made, you know, they have to climb a wall and all this other yeah. stuff. So it's uh, it's hard to find a happy medium. So you've also boosted the the voicemail feature. So what's new in that area? That, that was just trying to make it a little bit easier to use. It was kind of in the separate part of the dashboard and we just brought it back into sort of the whole area where the listener tools are and made some of the settings. There's a, there's a big improvement to that coming down the road that updated some settings. And the other thing we did with voicemail, I don't know if I even put it in the blog post, but I want to make it easy for PodPage users to be able to get voicemails. So we built a feature that allows them to. But some people like to use um, third-party services. One that's been popular for years is SpeakPipe. And so we added in the ability to swap out the PodPage voicemail feature with the SpeakPipe. If that's what people want to use, then that's great. I mean, for me, I don't really care what voicemail service they're using. So, so anyway, so you know, just making it a little. We want voicemail to me like there's very little spam. It's high quality contributions. Like you're getting like stuff you can put on your show, or you're actually hearing your listeners' voice. Like it's a very powerful thing to be able to start communicating that way. So, um, just wanted to make some updates to that. 
Yeah, when you go from words on a page to something with tone of voice, it's a whole different level of of communication. So yeah, and then the other thing you've added, kind of for the audience side, is you've basically boosted the commenting area. So what's new there? And this is an area that I I want to continue keep improving, but it's just been a little challenging to set it up in the past. And so we've made some slight changes to how Facebook is integrated. We've always offered Facebook commenting and discuss. Those are the two platforms that we support. Mm -hmm. We added a third, which is Hiver. And we also made the Facebook one a little bit easier. And I'm close, but not quite there. I'm pretty close to just turning on commenting by default, as opposed to making people set it up. Because I just think it's so powerful to be able to say like, Hey, you enjoyed this episode, go and leave a comment. And you actually get your community talking to each other. And I'm sort of in the process of figuring out if that's one of those third part, if we still want to lean into third party tools, or if we end up just building something that's a first party tool for that. Um, because it's so powerful. It's powerful. And yet it's also one of those tricky places again, where you can just have tons of spam bots. So it's, it's tricky. So yeah, yeah. that's, and that's where the other, the third party people come into play. So it's, it'll be interesting to watch, you know, but it's cool that we've got a third option now to, uh, to add if that's something you're looking for. So, yeah. and then obviously this one was probably had a ton of votes for, Hey, can you make one of these is the guest intake form and a release agreement. So, how much can we customize the guest intake form and how does that work? I guess it was at the end of last year, we added guest profiles. So you can mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm having Brendan on my show today. And as opposed to just putting my information in the show notes, you can actually build me a profile in your pod page. There'll be a, I think it's, you know, whatever, uh, schoolpodcasting.com slash guest slash Brendan Mulligan or whatever. And I have my own page on your website. Google indexes it. That shows all the episodes that I've been on. It's very cool. The biggest for feedback to that was like, I love these guest profiles. I wish I didn't have to fill out these guest profiles. Can I get my guests to do it? And that led, um, I, we actually worked, I worked a lot with the pod page Facebook community to sort of iterate this feature. I was like, all right, so I want them to be able to fill out the profile so I don't have to build the page. Cause you end up having the podcast ends up having to go and get the bio, get the image. And then the image is in the wrong format and they have to get a new one. And like, so, uh, first thing we did was just say, I'm going to send a form to my guest that is the same form that you see on the back end for them to be able to fill out those fields. So that's step one. Then it was, all right, well, if this is what they're filling out, like how cool would it be is if I could also have them sign my release agreement as opposed to having to send them some other link or what. And so we added in a way where you could upload your own and basically that, you know, the language was by filling out this form, you're agreeing to this release and then they could click and read the release kind of like a terms of service checkbox. Then what we found was that a lot of podcasters didn't have a release. I mean, I didn't, they have a lawyer, right? Who has a lawyer to figure this stuff out? Right. Yeah. So I got in touch with the easy legal for podcasters people and they had previously published this boilerplate release form on their blog so I reached out to them. I was like, hey, would you mind updating this in a way where we can actually offer this as part of this feature? And so they did an update. And so that actually, if you don't have your own release, but you do want to use it, you can have all guests sign that release and it's fully protects you and all that. And that just comes out of the box. So that's the core of the feature. The cool thing is if you also, if part of your process, I mean, our form you know, basically fills out the profile, but you might have a bunch of other questions that you typically ask people, right? you can add a URL for like a type form. So once they fill, it, fill out the pod page one, it says, cool, well, please fill out this additional information and they, you pop them over to type form or Google forms or whatever. And then the third thing you can do is if part of your process is have them fill out the profile and then have them book a time to come onto the show, 
you can add your Calendly link or one of those other links. So it says like, oh, cool, you filled out the form. Next step, go to Calendly. You know, so ah, um, uh, very nice. It's cool. It's like you know, I think we need to do a little bit, uh, release more information about this week because we haven't written too much about it. But people are kind of going crazy over it, and so it's actually the biggest feature request since we launched Pod Page Two on Thursday. People are like, "This is awesome! How do I get this? How do I put this link onto my website so people can see the guest intake form?" And I was like, "You know, I would have anticipated you not wanting to make this a public link because you'll have a bunch of spam, as we talked about. You can do it by adding a custom, you know, tab to your navigation bar and all that stuff. You can hack it, but but way more people were interested in doing that than I thought. So yeah, because you can have the generic bio stuff and their image and things like that, and then when they go to the Calendly or you know whatever you're using." Now it's all those, just the extra stuff that we, what, what are you here to talk about, et cetera, et cetera, kind of questions. Yeah. So that's very cool. Yeah. Awesome. And we mentioned earlier that you've integrated the new commenting. You've got more things that you're integrating in with things like uh, Fusebox, uh, we, however you pronounce it, let's Ko-Fi, Ko-Fi, whatever, and Supercast. So with Fusebox, that's Pat Flynn's player. So how does that work? Fusebox is the first player that that you can you can basically replace every player on your pod page with a Fusebox player. So the way that pod page works is we will put the player from your host, if you're a Libsyn, we will put your Libsyn player on your website because I don't ever want to get in the way of you and your download stats. And so I made a pretty, deci- pretty big decision early on that I wasn't going to build a custom player. And for the most part, that's definitely been the right decision. You can go in and you can add you know the iTunes player or the Spotify player if you really want to. But um, most people don't. They're happy with their Buzzsprout or their Libsyn or their Captivate or whatever they're for. But with Fusebox, for people who want to have something different, because there are certain hosts that have horrible players that shall not be named, Fusebox allows you to essentially say, anywhere there is a player on my website, use Fusebox instead. And you just all for a pod page, all you do is you go in and you integrate, you add your ID and you set up your Fusebox account. So it's cool. I mean, it, it's an awesome player that you customize on Fusebox and, and it looks great and it's mobile responsive and all that stuff. So we're excited to offer that as the first cross platform or cross website player replacement. Very cool. But this, this whole area, this was a step I wanted to make a bigger step forward with pod page two in this area, but it's going to be a fast follow in the next couple of months is just the concept of like, you know, WordPress has plugins. You set up WordPress and you have plugins. Now, plugins to me are the best and worst thing about WordPress because it gives you all this extensibility. But the stories that I hear, the horror stories I hear from podcasters as they move from WordPress to PodPage is like all my plugins broke all the time. And so the challenge for us is how do we enable this like rich ecosystem of additional functionality without having it be problematic for people's websites. And so basically we're moving in the direction of this platform where people can, these third parties can work with us to build on top of PodPage. So that's what we do with Fusebox. We work directly with them to build on top of PodPage. And so this whole integrations area, you know, pre this launch, there was like nine integrations. I think we're 25 were released the other day. We've got a bunch more coming. Like, and it's, it's just a lot of these like third party tools that you can quickly get into. I mean, the Ko-Fi widgets, the Supercast widgets, AdSense, all this stuff is like, if it's a third party, we're going to help make it easy to plug into the platform. Yeah. And I can see you've got more email programs like AWeber, Constant Contact, ConvertKit, things of that nature. So again, makes it easier to uh, just get up and going and copy a little bit of code and presto, it's on your website. Yeah, exactly. And then... uh, you now have multiple users and multiple podcast accounts. So this is great for those times when 
you're the host, but you also have a co-host maybe, or you've got a editor or whoever, and you're like, Hey, how do I get Lisa in here or, or James or whoever? So, uh, how does this work? Anything they have to do? Any particular stuff? It's really two features. One is you can now have team members for your podcast, like you were just saying. So, um, you have a co-host or, or people on your team and you just can create them a, a user account and they can come in and they're editors. The only thing they can't edit is billing information and users. So they can't delete you as a user and they can't change the billing, but they have access to everything else. And we'll see down the line if we want to add more granular, like, oh, they can only touch the blog or they can only touch something. But right. I would imagine that kind of request will come down the, down pretty quickly. So that's one thing. The other thing is multiple podcasts. So a lot of people might have two or three podcasts that they work on. And at this point, they've had to log out and log into different pod page accounts. It is such a basic feature, but we haven't had it. So we've added the ability just to have a toggle at the top of the screen that says, all right, switch me to my different podcast. And um, this is especially useful for podcast hosts and consultants and coaches who work with a bunch of clients. Because what I hear from them is they're like, oh, I, they want to basically set up and manage the podcasts for all their clients. And they bill, it's part of their monthly fee that they bill their clients and all that. So with this release, they've gone from having like 15 different accounts they have to log into and share the email address and stuff with the client. It's like, so now being able to have one account, they manage all their, all their clients and they can set up logins for all their clients to be able to come in and manage their own site. So that's the biggest, that's the biggest life changer probably is going to be for the pub coaches. Yeah. And the nice thing about it is I love the fact that somebody has to be designated as, as the top dog and that person can't be deleted because there are times when it's, you know, the Ernie and Bert podcast and Bert gets an attitude and wants to lock, you know, Ernie out and it's ugly. I've seen it. It's not pretty. And so it's kind of cool. And that's built into like, Nope, sorry. You've redesigned the whole dashboard. And I was, to me, I think the dashboard looks great. I love the fact that not that the old dashboard was, was horrible, but I, I find myself, feeling drawn to, oh, this is going to be under website or this is going to be under et cetera and things like that. So how long did it take you to like really be happy with the dashboard? I will never be happy with the dashboard. <laughs> but, um, so what I started noticing is that I just listened to how I would present PodPage um, at webinars and stuff like that. And I noticed I usually group things into like, oh, these are all the things about you. Like when I talk about why you should have a website, I typically will say like, it gives you a chance to monetize. It gives you a chance to connect with your listeners. It gives you a chance to build your brand and you know design a great looking billboard for yourself. And I started realizing like this is why I think you should have a website. This is how I talk about it. The dashboard should reflect it because it's how we talk about it on the homepage. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the unlocks. And yeah, now you go in there and there's here's your website. Here's your tools for monetizing. Here's your tools for connecting with your listeners. Here's your tools for blogging reviews. We have a ton of tools for reviews. It's not just a list. So like, it just helped a little bit. The, the hard part about these kind of dashboards is always, well, it all kind of is under your website. Right? It's all to do with your website. That's always the struggle, right? Episodes, we have a section for episodes, but really what episodes are, are pages on your website. So, but putting it all under website isn't helpful. So I think it's a good step forward and we'll keep listening to the um, community to see what's confusing and what's not. Yeah. So for me so far, you're getting a thumbs up. i I I think it looks great. So uh, you've added some more through, you just mentioned reviews. You can now import things from Podchaser. You've now added a learning center with some guy from the school of podcasting. And then you've also got stuff from James at pod news. So that's cool for those of us that aren't super techie. uh, I know what this does, but the custom robot text, 
what would people want to put in there? Because when they read that, they might go, huh? I basically have opened up the ability to put custom work of your own custom code on the site. So we've always had it. It's been hidden. And then I've added some more. You can put custom CSS to change the look and feel of your site if you want, if you know how to write CSS. Um, you can also put... There's a few places you can put custom JavaScript on every single page. So if we don't support your integration, integration like you can put whatever you need on your website. And then the, the robots is like, what? So what robots text is essentially when Google comes to your site or any web robot, web crawling robot, it checks that file. It's so silly that it's called robots.txt. I love how like in tech, you and we just keep the words from you know, <laughs> 1980, whenever this thing was invented. But like the, you, you check this file and that file in, in very short, I mean, I think you can almost go to any website, go to like anywebsite.com slash robots.txt and you can see this file. It's a public file on most websites. And it'll say like, don't index my page or like if you're Google, index my episodes, but don't index my blog posts. If you have your own blog on your own corporate website, but you copy it on your site, you don't want Google to index both places. You could say like, don't index my blog on my pod page, index it over here. We've always created this file by default for, for you. And we in there, it also has a link to your site map, which Google needs so they can rank all your pages and everything. But some people have come and said like, hey, I actually don't want my site ranked or indexed at all, or I want, it, I want more control. So that's all that is. It, it basically lets you completely replace the robots.txt file. Got it. And then the other new thing is the activity feed, which is actually pretty cool. I, when I first heard about it, I was like, huh. But then I logged in and I was like, oh, wait, this is... I had a new episode sync and I did have somebody contact me on my contact form. So uh, what other things are we going to be seeing in the activity feed? Well, it's funny because when, when PodPage launched, it was, it just was show me my episodes, right? There wasn't much to it. And I started realizing we import your episodes, we import your reviews, people leave reviews for you on your website. If you want people message you through your website, people leave voicemails, people sign up for your email list. There's just all this stuff that's going on now. And a lot of the time, it's just kind of all over the place. You might get an email about one thing, something else just shows up in your account. And so I wanted to have a very like consolidated group of like, Podpage actually does a lot for you. And, and there's a lot going on. And this is a way to see like all the stuff that's been happening in, in the order. So you can come on and be like, Oh, like this week I got three new email subscribers. I got. You know, a new episode was imported, all stuff, and then it, you can quickly jump to that in the dashboard. So, like, oh, I want to see this. I want to go edit my episode, or I want to go listen to my voicemail. You can bounce over to that. So, I hope to you know improve this, get this feature going a lot, lot more. But to me, like, we're so used to logging into Facebook or Instagram or Gmail or whatever, and you you see a list of stuff that's happened since the last time you were there. And I felt like Podpage has the concept of all the stuff happening, but you you'd have to like dig around this dashboard to find it all. So. I wanted to bring it all in one spot. Especially, I didn't even think about that. The whole email list. Sometimes people are signing for your email list. You don't know if, if you're going to, unless you're going to export that to your, your own list on whatever. You don't know if anybody signed up or not. So that's kind of a handy yeah. way. So, oh, it's time to go export the list and, and go that route if it's not something that, that doesn't integrate. So very cool. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. And some of the things that have changed in PodPage is the back end. So you're going to hear about Brendan integrating with more third-party kind of features that will make it grow. There's going to be – he's looking at having things automatically tweet out. So there's going to be a marketing piece, all sorts of things 
that are going to be coming to PodPage. I'm very excited about it. I'm happy to uh, kind of partner with him with the education side. He's a great guy, and I really do enjoy this product because for years I've tried to figure out how to teach people WordPress, and WordPress is like teaching people snowflakes. Everybody's website is completely different. And while that sounds good, it's really not. And from a teaching standpoint, because in the end, a very small portion of your audience, they're going to find you on your website. But once they find you on your website, they're going to listen on their phone. And then you can send them back to your website for monetization, for newsletters, for things of that nature. And so they're not going to spend a majority of their time on their website. But the website is so important because it's your first impression And it's the tool you use to get the attention of Google, which draws them to the podcast where you build a relationship and then you send them back to the website to capitalize on that. And don't forget, you can try PodPage for free for seven days. And then after that, you can still keep kind of chugging away at it to make sure it's a great fit. If you're looking for a way to learn PodPage, I do have a free course, schoolofpodcasting.com slash learn PodPage, and that will be showing these updates as I uh, update my videos here. So you can check that out again for absolutely free, schoolofpodcasting.com slash learn PodPage. So if you know somebody who would enjoy and use this resource, could you do me a favor and Go to your phone and share this with your friend. That would actually help us grow our audience. And, of course, my favorite resource, the theschoolofpodcasting.com. When you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener, that'll save you on either a monthly or yearly subscription. That comes with our step-by-step tutorials, an absolutely amazing podcasting community to kind of mastermind with, and unlimited one-on-one coaching with me. Check it out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener. And if you're not sure about it, realize when you join, you have a 30-day money-back guarantee so you can join without any worries. schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener. (laughs) 